0: In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Uh, as usual, first things first, let's get the text out in the room. So um, you can look it up. I know I got this wrong last week, but I checked this morning. Uh, Pew In the Pew Bibles, page uh, 1022, um, or if you have some other kind of device, again, it won't It may be a little confusing because this is my translation and it's meant to be close as I can to the Greek text, so it'll be clumsy, but that will help us know what we should think about. 1 John 2, verse 28. And now, children, remain in him in order that whenever he is revealed, we might have confidence and not be ashamed by him at his appearing. If ever you know that he is just you are knowing that also everyone doing justice has been and remains begotten from him. Look, what kind of sacrificing everything for the Father has given and remains given to us in order that we should be called children of God, and we are. On account of this, the world is not knowing us because it did not know him those for whom he sacrificed everything. Now we are children of God, and not yet has what we will be appeared. We know that whenever he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope because of him purifies himself just as that one is pure. Everyone who keeps on doing what contradicts design also is against law. That is to say, contradicting design is against law. And you know that that one was revealed in order that he might take away contradiction to design and contradicting design is not in him. Everyone remaining in him does not contradict design. Everyone contradicting design has not seen nor continued to see him, neither known nor continued to know him. Children, don't let anyone deceive you. The one continuing to do justice is just, just as that one is just. The one doing contradiction to design is from the devil, because from the beginning the devil is a contradictor of design, for this the Son of God was revealed in order that he might loose the works of the devil. Everyone who has been and remains begotten from God does not contradict design because his seed remains in him, so he is not able to contradict design because he has been and remains begotten of God. By this the children of God is revealed. That's not an accident, single, singular. And the children of the devil... Everyone not continuing to do justice is not from God. That is to say, everyone not continually sacrificing everything for his brother. So from last week, just a little reminder about that uh, progression in the text from remaining on the outsides to to anointed to what John had written to us in the middle. So the, the notion or the idea of remaining con- continues with all of John's work, but now he moves on to other subjects, Judgment Day, Begotten, Justice, Love, Sin, and Lawlessness. So here's just a sample as you look at the text of how many times and where the word remain or remaining occurs. Um, Uh, Either the word itself remain or the sense of continuing action, so the action continues, it remains going on. Once again, the text urges you to learn Greek. Every text will urge you to learn Greek, even in the Old Testament because there's a Greek translation of it. Um, Of all the things we might do, and I'm not being facetious here, of all the things we might do in the Christian mission, Consider what teaching everyone Greek might do for restoring the kingdom of heaven and for resolving probably 98% or 9 of the arguments and disagreements that go on. That's a good reason to learn. Here's another reason to uh, learn Greek is that we miss a lot of uh, rhyme or alliteration in the Bible when we lose the original language. So if you notice, the word for confidence in uh, in Greek is parasia. The word for appearing is parousia. So when the original audience hears this, Christ came so that we might have parasia in the parousia. Isn't that fun? And I wore myself out looking in the uh, theosaurus for two English words that had that sort of similarity that meant confidence in appearing. It, I just couldn't find them. So we'll have to stick with the Greek here, parousia. Parasia for the parousia. On to knowledge. So look how many times the word know or knowing comes up in this short little text. There's at least three different words in Greek um, for the word know. Two of them more prominent than the others in the New Testament. But what we should get out of this, this part of the text at this moment is, is the idea of knowing as as being connected to something, I think uh, maybe I have this on the next slide. No, nope. um, no, not in the sense of I heard of it, or no, not in the sense of yeah, I know, I know uh, trigonometry, as in I learned it once and I took the test and I burned my book and I moved on. Not know like that, like I used to know. Or know like, I know the small catechism. Yeah, did you memorize it? Yeah, say it for me. Uh, I like, can't actually. Okay. But know in the sense of that young lady knows fashion. It's, it's of the substance of who you are. So this connectedness, very important for that word. And then um, Peter helps us also. With this idea of knowing as enduring connection, as opposed to an arrogant claim like, Yeah, 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 I know all about that, or nostalgia, I knew about that. Second Peter 1, 3, His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, which is precisely why Christianity has always been about education. Lutheranism certainly about higher education. It's the pursuit of knowledge, to acquire it, to have the benefits of it, to live in union and harmony and the benefits of that. Now, on to the next subject. If you thought last week was remarkable when John said, you know all things because you have an anointing from the Holy One, you ain't seen nothing yet. Did you notice in the text this morning, verse 9, Everyone who has been and remains begotten of or generated from God does not contradict design, sin, because his seed remains in him. So he's not able to contradict design because he has been and remains begotten of God. So once again, if we think one-dimensionally, human beings are just who you see in the mirror, we're likely to miss the point in one of the following ways. First, we'll probably treat it figuratively. Whoever is born of God doesn't sin. Well, that's a nice thought. Yes, sort of, but no, not really. Or true, we we'll treat it as potential. Like you, you could be someone who never sinned. Uh, John Wesley, for example. But that leaves us with an inescapably damning law of if you could potentially never sin, then what's your excuse for not which brings me to the worst book ever written, The Little Engine That Could. Uh, Third, you might claim to not sin for yourself via hypocrisy, self-righteousness, or double standards. So if you've seen the David Frost, Richard Nixon interview, David Frost finally brings him to, to admit what he did and isn't that illegal? And Richard Nixon said, not when I do it. Or you could reduce it from absolute to approachably inadequate and self-deceptive. Deceptive, that is, in pietism. So notice the picture is distorted. I did that on purpose because this is a distorted idea. That sort of being Christian is like on the teeter-totter. Like, oh my gosh, I'm about 48% righteous. So 52%, oh my gosh, 52% unrighteous. So let's work harder, harder, harder. Oh good, now I'm over at 61%. Holy, that's good. At least it's better than the next guy. That's not what John's talking about. And pietism, of course, could make you think that this person is begotten of God, but not that person, which would be a mistake. When, in fact, thinking three-dimensionally allows us to recognize the absolutes, and God being absolute does tend to work in absolutes. Be perfect, for I, the Lord, your God, am perfect or holy. God means, God's means of redeeming us absolutely. So, for example, on the human nature side of the equation, uh, Genesis 6, every intent of the thought of his heart is only evil all the time. I don't know how you could say it more plainly than that. We're still basically good, right? Well, that depends what you mean by we or I. I, according to my human nature, always evil all the time, just as my wife. On the other hand, the soul, the essence of who we are, regenerated by the word of God in the image of Christ, God says things like, whoever is begotten of God does not sin. Indeed, he cannot because he has been generated of God. On to the subject of sin, which John spends a lot of time on. There's the stats, but if you just look at the lower part of the screen, almost 13% of the time that the word sin, either noun or verb, is used in the New Testament is in this very short letter, and a third of those occurrences in these verses that we looked at this morning. So John is hot on this topic. right? Um, Let's not... Let's not uh, try to uh, diminish the significance of the contrary nature of our fallen human nature. So here's a sense again of the concentration of that language in these verses. You can see it there in red. And I've translated it as contradicting design because I think the word sin is unhelpful today. I think that our culture hears the word sin as so irrelevant now. In other words, what do people think of when they hear this word? They think of something ridiculous, an antiquated prohibition. They think of attempts to impose power. You're just saying we have to do it so you can exercise authority over us. Or the language of prudish spoilers. You're against human sexuality because you don't even have one or like the idea or you never had a date in high school or something like that. Or the necessity for rationalization, self-righteous, counter-judgment, or despair, rationalization. Is it really sin? Ah, did God really say that it's like this? Which brings us to why God does command or forbid. What does the law say, Jesus asked the lawyer? You shall have no other gods. Why not? Well, logically speaking, because there aren't any. So if you make something else your God, you're only going to be disappointed because it can't help you and it distracts you from he who can. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, and why? Because it works. Because as we love our neighbors, their life improves and our life improves in doing so. And then they learn to help their neighbor and pretty soon everybody's helping everybody and everybody has a better time of it. Finally, Judgment Day. What? A Judgment Day is coming upon us. What should we do? Remain in the Word. That's what makes us prepared for the Judgment Day. What about the Antichrist? Remain in his Word. What about all the misinformation being produced in such volume and so powerfully? We can hardly keep up with the media productions that sort of get wrong what the Bible has to say. We should remain in his word. So we'll know the difference. What about the deficit? Never mind that. Remain in his word. What about, you know, all those other things that scare us? Remain in his word. What about all the fears, worries, anxieties, and trials that oppress me? There we go. What about my homework and other assignments for class? Remain his word, and then do your homework. <laughs> so, so a lot packed into these verses this morning, and it's worth memorizing many of them and continuing to read through them um, so we know what it is God's communicating to us in this fabulous uh, set of verses. Let's pray. Teach us, O Lord, the way of your statutes, that we may keep them to the end. Give us understanding that we may observe your law and keep it with our whole heart. Lead us in the path of your commandments, for we delight in them. Incline our heart to your testimonies and not to gain. Turn our eyes from looking at vanities and give us life in your ways. Confirm to your servants your promises, which are for those who fear you. Turn away the reproach which we dread for your ordinances are good. Behold, we long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give us life. Amen.